It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On NBA on a Tuesday, everybody. I'm Wes Goldberg, host of Locked On Warriors, here with David Ramil, the host of Locked On Heat. And we are continuing our programming of degenerate gambling type of content, David. Last week, we uh, broke down championship odds and kind of had our best three bets in each conference and all these things. Uh, I thought we crushed it. This week, we're going to look at the NBA's over-unders. So we're going to look at the over-unders set by Bet Online and go through the Eastern Conference. We're going to save the Western con- uh, Conference for next week, next Tuesday when we're back here. But we're going to do the Eastern Conference, go from each team, alphabetical order, break down their over-unders, and whether or not we think they'll hit the over or if we like the under a little bit more. David, let's just start right away with the Atlanta Hawks. Their over-under is 46-and-a-half. And I thought that was the perfect number set for them because if you kind of do the math, Atlanta finished last year 41-31. and 31. You kind of do the difference between what that is in a 72-game season versus an 82-game season, and that basically equates to 46 wins. So they kind of have them right in line with what they did last year. Now, of course, we know Atlanta, when the playoffs went on that huge run, Trey Young seemed to have ascended to superstar status. Uh, so I think this question comes down to, do you think Atlanta is going to be closer to what they were for the regular season? Or do you think that they really did make a leap in the postseason and that they're ready to you know, uh, go past what they did last year, maybe go to 46-plus wins? Well, I think it boils down to a pretty simple question is whether or not you are a believer in Nate McMillan and what he's able to do this roster for a full season. Cause we kind of overlook, you know, in the midst of Atlanta's pretty deep magical run there to the Eastern conference finals, you know, he took over the team midway through the season. They had some early turmoil. They had some injury issues early on. They never quite had their full complement of players either. And so he was able to really, salvage a lot of that season at least i mean you know it depends on how much credit you want to give mcmillan and certainly a lot of it can be gone to the players improving and maybe taking a leap with the the new coach head you know, the new head coach bump or something along those lines but either way they improved substantially over the course of the regular season and they just continue to get better maybe as they continue to get healthier in the playoffs as well so me i'm a believer i think mcmillan has consistently shown he can Boys get like mcmillan I, I like him as a coach and, and yeah. you know, mostly as a regular season coach, uh, maybe last season. I mean, I, last season, he really had his deepest run ever as a head coach. So I think that kind of speaks volumes there. Maybe it's the perfect marriage. Maybe it's just will finally work out for both he and the Hawks. Uh, I, I'm a believer. I'm actually going to go uh, over on this. I think uh, they surpassed the 46 and a half win mark. I see your point on Nate McMillan. I actually think it comes down to really what Trey Young does. And if he could sustain that type of play throughout the regular season, I have my doubts. I'm, I'm a, I like Trey Young. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if he can do it for an entire regular season. 
Uh, and if he is your like 46, 47, that's pretty good for where the Atlanta Hawks are coming from. And I also look at the rest of the East. Um, Miami's going to be better. Boston's going to be better. Uh, Charlotte might even be better. Chicago will presumably be better. Toronto could be better. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams sort of in that same mix with Atlanta, in addition to the Knicks, who are right there too, um, just like they were last year. I don't think 46 – I actually – look, if this were 45 and a half wins, I would probably take the over because I really like that 46 number. But this is 46 and a half wins, and I think 46 is exactly where they're going to end up. So I'm going to actually take the under, but not because I think <laughs> they're going to miss it by a lot. I just get nervous about going over that 46 and a half, like that 47, 48 win range. I just don't know that Atlanta's right there yet. Uh, I think they're close to being there, but I'm going to go – I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go under – on Atlanta at 46 and a half. I have them like right there at 46. Um, yeah. Let's move. yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's a, that's a pretty fair assessment there. I think yep. let's move on to the Boston Celtics. Um, David, same over under by bet online as the Hawks 46 and a half. Now I know in our last show, uh, last week's show, you seem pretty high on Boston. Do you like that? Do you like the over on 46 and a half for them too? I, I don't just because I think this was be, kind of the inverse of what I see the Hawks potentially being well they'll be better in the regular season I think that Boston will be slightly worse during the regular season but improve as the playoffs progress and finally tighten things up and and again with the new leadership there an established roster I mean you have to project also that Jason Tatum probably will have to deal with some injury at some point just because of the prolonged postseason for him last year plus the fact that he was with team usa in tokyo those th kinds of things catch up even for a young player like tatum and so i think he'll probably have a few weeks missed maybe even up to a month at some point during the regular season that will cost him there so i'm going to go with the under with the expectation that they'll get better as the playoffs go on uh yeah you can kind of look at this two ways like there might be an adjustment period early on because brad stevens isn't the coach they've moved a lot right. of you know all the head coaching management changes and stuff or does it do the opposite? Does it have the opposite effect? And it sort of acts as maybe a jolt, right? We saw like last year, you kind of have that fired head coach jolt for Atlanta going mm -hmm. from Lloyd Pierce to Nate McMillan. I wonder if you can kind of harness that from the it's opening. It's different yeah. though, right? It's not like they like disliked Brad Stevens from right. all accounts. Brad was well-liked by everybody in that locker room. It, the difference was Lloyd Pierce was not. And so when they finally got rid of him, all of a sudden, now we can turn things around. Now we believe more in Nate McMillan. They coalesced, you know, they were a much more cohesive unit. I think this will be a little different. This is a new regime. Take some time to get used to it. They're veterans on that Boston, lock, Boston locker room. I just think that the, eventually they will get better. And I, I just think that they're a little older group than the Hawks too. So I think they're going to start dealing with some nagging injuries mm -hmm. here and there. Yeah, and look, I don't really love their roster anyway. Like, Dennis Schroeder, yeah. okay. Like, you brought back Al Horford. All right, you're going to make a big deal out of that, I guess. Wow. Um, I just I, – I, I'm going to go under on Boston at 46.5. And, and I think I'm with you. I do think when the playoffs are around, they'll end up being better than what their record is. Like, they're going to be a dangerous maybe, like, back half of the, the seating in the East. Six, seven, because yeah. I think Yeah, because I think Jason Tatum has, like, the perfect game that translates to the playoffs. Jalen Brown tends to play well in the postseason. I think he they could be dangerous, but in the regular season – I just, there's too many depth questions for me with that roster. And a lot of times the kind of regular season success comes down to that. All right, Brooklyn Nets, 55 and a half wins, David. Oof. Now I looked back to the last full regular season. <laughs> yeah. Only three teams had 55 plus wins um, when we had the, la the last time we had a full 82 game regular season. So this fi 55 win territory is kind of rare, right? But then again, yeah. 
you look at all of Bet Online's over unders without spoiling too much here. Uh, they Brooklyn is the only team they have at fifty five and a half. Even Milwaukee, who just won the championship, um, they have them at uh, 54, 54 and a half for their over under. So they they think that Brooklyn, like Brooklyn, fifty five and a half. You say, yeah, why not? Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Why wouldn't you be able to do that out of eighty two games? But that's tough territory. Yeah. No, not just that. And, you know, of course, like I said, with with Boston, you're going to have some injuries at some point. I, I think Harden finally has a full summer to kind of just go and relax and not relax necessarily, but recover and heal. Kyrie similarly has to go through that. Neither of them part of Team USA. KD, conversely, is that too much wear and tear? Like I'm at a point now where I just from a medical perspective, not being a doctor at all. I just don't know how he's able to play at such a high level, given the, the incredible recovery. We've never seen anything like this. Like yeah. players just don't bounce back to that kind of degree. And I don't necessarily want to write him off, but I just can't believe that he's going to be able to stay that healthy and be as impactful as he has been for a full 82 game season. And maybe it's a matter of Steve Nash finding that delicate balance when they start sitting players. And that's the luxury you have, right? When you have three superstars, you can sit KD for a couple of games. We saw in the playoffs when they were missing Harden and, and, and Irving, and basically KD was carrying that roster, and they still got within a few inches away of making the Eastern Conference Finals. So I, I don't know. It's it's really tough. I don't know. I, I kind of tend to think they're going to go over 55. Again, as rare as that might be, even if it's just 56 and 26, that seems... Yeah fairly reasonable for a talented roster just a matter of whether or not injury starts to creep up yeah you look at brooklyn's record last year they dealt with injuries during the entire regular season right and yep. we saw and they got hardened pretty early on in the process so i don't really think that matters all that much in the difference in their record but they won they went 48 and 24 last year now you do the math you kind of add five or six wins to a team's record and that's kind of what it would look like in the 82 game season right. and you know that's that's below 55 and a half now I do think there's going to be something said for continuity, for bringing back the same team. They got confidence after their run in the playoffs. They do think that they would have won the whole thing had they been healthy, and they probably would have. I'm not going to argue that they wouldn't have. Um, I just think they're really, really good. <laughs> and I'm going to just – I would just feel weird going under. Like, I don't want to go under on any total for Brooklyn. Like, even if this were 58-and-a-half, even if this were 60-and-a-half, I just huh. would not feel comfortable going under on Brooklyn. They're so – talented david i just like i i just have to take the over otherwise i just feel icky about it i just feel bad what, what's the highest potential win total for this team right like i don't think they're gonna get near the 70 win mark because no because they're too injured you have to assume injuries with these guys you have to yeah uh, but, but even with that be like 63 feels about right Ooh. to me yeah that's 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 really damn good when you yeah. think about it. 63 and 19. I mean, that's a phenomenal record, even in today's NBA. So that's a, it feels realistic too. Like a, a few, yeah. they could go on a 10 game win streak. I think they could rattle that off pretty easily. Even if players start to sit out here and there, I think they've got enough depth there uh, that it's going to be easy for them to roll off a couple of win streaks here and there. And you got to assume even if they're hurt, they're always going to have at least one superstar on the floor at all times. Like unless right. all three of them are hurt in one game, which is going to rarely happen, I would think. So yeah, through three top twenty-five ish, three top thirty players, I mean, depending on where you have Kyrie ranked. Yeah, I mean that's that's more talented than any group in the NBA. Um, all right, we're going to move on to Charlotte next. Specifically, I think this is tied to Lamelo and if he's going to make a real leap next year. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsors today. 
Well, Sweatblock is a new product that we've been talking about. And for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's been around a while. You can find it on Amazon, uh, over 13,000 positive reviews there. It's got a dry shirt guarantee. Basically, if you know if you have a problem with some profuse sweating, and I know a lot of people do, you know, this keeps you dry you, or you get your money back. So it's, you know, foolproof there. The, that guarantee works. It's doctor created, doctor recommended. I've got a friend of mine. He's a teacher. He has a sweat, you know, he sweats a little bit excessively. He's got an extra shirt he has to carry in his desk. It's embarrassing for him. He doesn't want to look bad in front of his students. So now he's tried sweat block. It's a completely different ball game for him. He's so much more confident, so much more relaxed. He doesn't have to worry about it. Never has to worry whether or not he's going to have some extra pit stain or anything like that in his shirt. It just works out so well for him. And now you too can benefit from sweat block. It's been proven on the Rachel Ray show and elsewhere. You can find so many different, uh, you know, just people talking about the product and how much it's changed your life. And you can get it too. If you go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code lockdown, you'll get 20% off. You can also find it at Amazon, at CVS, or again, at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, and you get 20% off. And then, remember, it's that time of year again. All eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now only at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code. NFL 100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget to use that promo code locked on. All right, back here doing over unders. We've got the Charlotte Hornets coming up. We've got all the Eastern Conference teams um, coming up. So the big question, I think, David, with the Hornets is they go last year, 33 and 39, right on the cusp of sort of that playing, like they, they were in the playing tournament, uh, kind of in the cusp of the playoffs. A lot of people love LaMelo as a rookie. Do you think that he takes them enough of a leap? And then that roster, what they were able to do this offseason, takes enough of a leap to go up to 38 and a half wins, which could be t- potentially, again, still be right there in the cusp of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. I do. I actually think that uh, they made some nice improvements there. I think the fact that they look, they lost Devonta Graham. I think that's a concern, um, but they were able to retain Terry Rozier. I think that kind of consistency will, will continue on there. They added some nice young players too. you get Kelly Oubre jr. I, I think it's a, a better group. They'll improve. Um, and I just, I like the the consistency there for the first time. It feels like we're t- able to talk about this Charlotte Hornets team almost progressing in the right direction, not taking a step back, not staying at the same level. And yes, certainly, you know, ball is is at the forefront of that. I don't know how big a role he'll have to play, but I think it's also a deep enough roster and improved enough roster where he doesn't have to be that. Like, I don't know if that's just, maybe I'm making some enemies here online, but I just, I don't think he projects as a superstar necessarily. And I don't think he has to be. I think we've all come under this idea that if you're a top 
five pick, you have to become a superstar. When in reality, you can just be a very good complimentary player or a player that facilitates for others. And I think that's the strength of his game. Maybe he'll improve in some areas. Maybe he'll up his scoring totals to some degree. But none of that really matters. It's about his playmaking. It's about his improved defense and things of that sort. And I think if he can start to show that sort of, you know, gradual improvement, I think it's going to reap benefits for that Charlotte Hornets squad. So I, I take the over on this, to be honest with you. I think they could go around 39, 40 wins. Um, I'm going to make mine short here. I didn't love their offseason. I like them adding <laughs> Mason Plumley as at center. Like, it does something. But their other additions were James Booknight, um, you know, uh, and uh, uh, the other guy that they got in the draft, um, Kai Jones in the yeah. draft. Like, two young guys – there are some people who love book Knight as an immediate kind of guy. I, I'm not totally in on his immediate viability in the NBA right. for as uh, I, I think long-term, he could be very good. I just not, he's not like an immediate contributor. And then for LaMelo for every night that he was amazing, there were nights where he just was completely off and shot the Hornets out of the game and things like that. Sure. So I just, I love the young pieces here. Um, I think their ceiling, I think their long-term outlook is really, really good. It's as good as anybody else in the East, uh, you know, for the most part, um, right in this range. But as far as this season, I have them under 38 and a half wins. I just think that that's kind of right at the height of their total there. I thought everything broke right early on for them in the season. But as the season went along, people started to figure out LaMelo, figure out that team. And I just thought during this season, this offseason, they added some nice pieces for the long term, but I don't think they did really anything to help themselves get better in the short term. Um, no, man. No, I mean, I, that's, you're, you're entitled to your opinion, certainly. I just, <laughs> I, I think they've made some, I think they've made nice improvements. Like they have a good wing defender in Ubre Jr. I don't think he's going to try to do too much there. I mean, you still like got Gorn Hayward. I like yeah. the Ubre edition. I think it's yeah, helpful. Plumlee's an improvement over Cody Zeller. That's not a knock on, on great screener Cody Zeller, but I, I think well, you they've know made some nice guy. changes. Let's, yeah. I've yeah, always been no a family guy. I just, again, I just, I don't know that it's enough. I don't know that's enough. I think, All I right. just think every, I think there are other teams that just like right in that range, it just got better. And yeah, but you know what? But we're kind of looking at it this way. Like, yeah, the East has improved, but couldn't conversely the East for the first time in a long time kind of knock around the Western Conference a little bit. I mean, you're yeah. going to have some top end teams there that are going through some major injury issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, Los Angeles, Denver. I just don't see the that's Hornets the being the team taking advantage of that so much. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, fair. Uh, the Chicago Bulls bet online has them at 42 and a half. David, I, I'll start with this one. Um, polarizing offseason, maybe the most polarizing of any of the offseasons here. Um, but Chicago won 30, ga- 31 games last year. You do the math. That's kind of like a 36 win season in a normal year. Do we think that what they did over the offseason is, you know, six and a half wins better? You know, they added Lonzo Ball. People mm-hmm. tend to like that move. People are a little confused about the DeMar DeRozan thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go under on 42 and a half. And I liked Chicago's offseason, but I didn't like it enough to move the needle that much. Yeah, I, I think they're going to wind up missing out on some of those players that they traded to San Antonio uh, in exchange for, uh, you know, uh, DeMar. Mm-hmm. I, look, yeah, I, it's just, it's a fine move. And not in a vacuum necessarily, but I guess just as a complimentary player there, uh, I just I don't look at that roster and see them taking this huge leap. And maybe I'm not a believer in Alex Caruso just because of, well, you know, you always play better when you're playing alongside LeBron James. Yeah. And you look at the rest of that roster. Is Zach Levine going to take a leap from where he was? I mean, he was fantastic last yeah. year, underratedly yeah. good. I think even if he 
And he's not going to be as good this year just because, well, you got other players you're going to have to share that ball with. And look, I'm a believer in Nikola Vucevic. I just, I don't, I'm going to take him right under 42 and a half. I just don't yeah, see this, them. Does, this roster screams 500 and 500 would be 41. Yep. Wins, right? yep. So yeah, I think that's realistic. Cleveland 26 and a half wins, David, what do you think? 26 and a half wins last year. The Cavaliers won 22 games. Again, it kind of feels like the the Vegas just went straight down the line and went, hey, you won 22 games, add five to that. We're going <laughs> to set the over-under right around there. Uh, do you think Cleveland got better with the, all their draft picks? Uh, I will honestly say that uh, this is the first time all summer I've even thought about the Cleveland Cavaliers, so I have not given this a lot of thought, I'll admit. I It just seems like they're stuck in kind of neutral here. Yeah. Like older player gets hurt, can't contribute. I mean, the big trade for Ricky Rubio, I guess. Right. Uh, other than that, like how much are these rookies going to come in here and, and find a way to play? And it's like, it's not a knock on JB Bickerstaff for the first time in a long time. It feels like they have some kind of sort of direction there. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of like what they've done, but I, I'm just not a believer. 26 and a half, you know, that's, that sounds about right. I guess maybe, you know what? I'll, I'll be, I'll be optimistic. Why not? I like Chris Manning at Locked on Cast. <laughs> 27 games. They can win 27 full games. You like Chris, not so much Evan. No, no. Okay, good. No, <laughs> I like seven. <laughs> um, I'm going to go under on the Cleveland Cavaliers. I like the Evan Mobley pick. I think that they've got young pieces and stuff. They've probably got a move to make at some point, but this roster, like, yeah, good young pieces that you like. I just don't know they did anything to improve themselves in the short term. Kind of like Charlotte, right? Like you can you like pay the Jared Allen pieces. a lot of money though. I like Jared Allen, man. I do. And like, look, Ricky Rubio, is Larry Nance is going to come back. Good. He's going to be healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess you're going to get a leap from Darius Garland and I, and you know, there's been some Colin Sexton stuff. Uh, I don't know. I just, I kind of, when it comes to these kinds of things, like I kind of go with my gut. And if I'm actually, if I were going to actually put money on the Cavaliers, I'm not putting the money on Cavaliers to win more games. I'm going to put money on them to just win less games in general. Does, now, maybe does I'm not. Kevin Love bounce back? Maybe for the Warriors, but not for the Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, next is the Detroit Pistons at 25 and a half wins, David. We're going to talk about them next and how number one pick Cade Cunningham can improve their odds. But first, let's talk about our sponsors. Look, there's a lot of guessing games when it comes to the NBA draft. You never know what you're going to get, even out of a top five player. You don't have to worry about that when it comes to a company that's been serving auto parts customers online for two decades, 20 years, a family-owned business that's been serving customers just like you when you're finding or looking for the parts you need for your car or truck. There's no place that you should be going to other than rockauto.com. Their website is so easy to navigate, just a few easy clicks, and you get exactly what you need, no fuss, no must, and you pay the same price as anybody else, whether you're a mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer that wants to save a little money. So, uh, rockauto.com is the place for you. So if you go to rockauto.com right now, find the parts that you're looking for for your car or truck, then go to the section that says, how did you hear about us, and write the phrase locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and 
made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, over-unders. We go to the Detroit Pistons now. BetOnline has the Pistons at 25 and a half wins, David. They draft Cade Cunningham uh, with the number one pick in the draft. They have their young players, Sadiq Bey, Killian Hayes, um, all coming back. Uh, they added Kelly Olynyk in the offseason, which we like. That's huge. Um, huge. <laughs> Jeremy Grant, obviously, is coming back after a nice, strong uh, first season with them. 25 and a half wins. Do you mind if I start here? No, go for it. I love the over on this. I, in fact, make it a lock. We're not doing that, but we're doing it now. Uh, make it a lock. The Pistons in over 25 and a half wins. I think it is time that they, uh, that I think some of these young guys take a noticeable leap forward. I think Cade Cunningham is this type of rookie who can come in right away and, you know, raise all tides or whatever the saying is. Uh, he kind of makes that whole lineup click into place. I, I don't think that they have a superstar on their roster just yet, but they have guys who could become all-star type of guys. And you look at the starting lineup, I think they have just the right mix, the right balance. I think there's enough there to work with. I like the coaching. I'm all in on Detroit, not as far as like winning a ton of games, but if it's, if it's between winning 20 games last year and 25 and a half wins with 10 more games to, to, to play, I really like them. I thought they got noticed. I thought they got very noticeably better this offseason just by drafting Cunningham number one, 25 and a half. I'm pounding the over on this. You know what? I'll agree with you on this one too. I, I also have not given Detroit a lot of thought there. I just think that the reality is that now you don't have the Blake Griffin situation hanging over the roster. You've got a clean break here. You've got another year for your coaching staff to kind of just mold these young players. We know that they have a, a proven track record of having done so. I, I like the fact that some of these guys now will have a little bit more consistency. There's hope there for the first time, perhaps in a long time. Uh, I, I do also think that they'll figure it out. And maybe, you know, they're not going to win a lot of games. It's not going to be a huge over, but I do like the over on that. Um, speed round here. Indiana Pacers, 42 and a half, over or under? Under. I got them on under two. I mean, they won 34 games last year. I don't know that they did anything that mattered this summer. I'm taking the under on 42 and a half. Uh, yeah. All right, moving on to the Miami Heat. 48 and a half wins, David. They win 40 games last year. The Heat make big additions in adding Kyle Lowry. They get Jimmy Butler to sign the extension. They're bringing back Victor Oladipo, who they hope to get at some point during the season. Yes, they lose Trevor Ariza, they lose Andre Iguodala, but they bring in P.J. Tucker, they bring in Markeith Morris. Uh, the Miami Heat, one of the winners of the offseason. Was it enough to get the over on 48-and-a-half? I have him with the over there. I just think that this is a team that recognizes they need to be able to secure home, home court advantage in the playoffs. I think they're going to have a renewed sense of purpose 
with the addition of Kyle Lowry, they're going to be a really good defensive team. And while that might necessarily make a change in the postseason in a seven game series, I think they're just going to beat up teams a lot. It's going to make them challenge. It's going to make it challenging for any opponents to try and find an easy way to score there. At least that's just my feeling on how this team shapes up. So I, I like the over. It won't be by much 49 games. I can't see this as a 50 win team. I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, look, we're going to get another year, a full offseason for Tyler Hero. I know a lot of people think he took a step back last year. He did not. He actually improved in many avenues. He's going to be their sixth man now. There's no debating that. There's no Kendrick Nunn taking those minutes away. And for all you Lakers fans that have expectations of Kendrick playing great defense, forget about it. He doesn't. And <laughs> Tyler Hero may not be very good defensively, but he's a hell of a scorer, and he's going to be able to show that with that second unit. I think it's going to be a much improved team. All the makings of a regular season juggernaut, right? Because they just don't have many weaknesses on that roster. A lot of balance, a lot of super competitive guys. After getting swept in the first round, they're all going to come back with something to prove. Like you said, yeah. there's a recognition that if they're going to beat Milwaukee or Brooklyn in the playoffs, they better have home court advantage. Uh, right. I think the regular season matters for Miami. Maybe more than any other team in the Eastern Conference right now, as far as when you talk about that upper crust of teams. And so I like the over on Miami at 48 and a half. I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they win 50 games. Like there's just not that many weaknesses on that roster in the regular season. That stuff really matters and playing hard every night really matters. And the, in the postseason, we'll see if it makes much of a difference. I'm, I, they're better. Most certainly they are much better. I, they're as healthy. far as getting to that Brooklyn Milwaukee level, I don't know that they're that good, but I think in the regular right. season, they could be very good. Milwaukee, Absolutely. 54 and a half wins. The, 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 obviously the champions, they win 46 wins last year um kind of figured out something in the playoffs would not shot like this is a team that consistently is a regular season juggernaut 54 and a half wins kind of seems like a little low to me when you consider that Brooklyn is sitting there with 55 and a half I kind of like the over for Milwaukee on 54 and a half and there's also like that Giannis confidence thing like they're the yeah. the victory lap here and all that kind of stuff I like the over for them I I feel like they're going to go under this because one also uh, like I mentioned with Brooklyn. Now you've got Chris Middleton with a really long postseason. you know, going to Tokyo, you got drew holiday with a really long postseason. Um, and I think part of the impact of winning a lot of games or the regular season was partly because they, they, they really failed in the postseason for so many years, they kind of fell short of their own expectations. And so they had to have something to prove, right? Like, oh, we're MVP. We have an MVP on our roster. We have a defensive player of the year, or maybe two, if you you know think of Brooke Lopez in those lines. Now, look, they're the champs. They don't have as much to prove. They can turn it up in the postseason because now they do have that renewed confidence. So it's not about winning 50 games. It's about knowing that we can beat Brooklyn in the playoffs or Philadelphia or Miami or whoever else you face in the Eastern Conference. So I think they're going to ease off a little bit knowing that they have another notch they can reach another notch that they can add and, and i think that's the, the approach for the season i might be wrong but we'll see the knicks 42 and a half wins this one's tough they won yeah, 40 game under. 41 games last year then they add kemba walker evan fournier now look i'm not the biggest fan of those additions but i like mm -hmm. that they kept all their guys too i really don't know what to think here there's obviously going to be some like vegas favoritism towards the big market teams you're assuming that a lot of knicks fans are going to come in and pound the over Maybe that elevates things a lot, but you look at these other these other over-unders that are set, it they don't seem very confident in the Knicks because you see these other teams getting plus five, plus six on their regular season total last year that come back with largely the same roster. The Knicks come back with largely the same roster. If anything, they added a couple of you know important rotation pieces. And instead of giving them five or six wins, they give them one, one and a half. 
from 41 to 42 and a half. So it doesn't sound like at first it was like, oh, okay, maybe there's some confidence here. But no, Vegas not. does not seem very confident with the Knicks. Yeah, I think they exceeded expectations last year. I think they might take a step back. I, look, I, it's not that I don't like that roster necessarily, but, you know, Randall got paid. Everybody else got paid. I think you can kind of ease back a little bit. I think Thibodeau, as we've seen in the past, doesn't necessarily have that ability to maximize the most out of players this consistency. I mean, even even if you bring back a guy like Taj Gibson, which, you know, fine, as a locker room presence, I totally get it. You bring back Derrick Rose, but he's older. Everybody's older on that roster. Can Fournier take a huge leap? Is he going to be the kind of guy? Yeah, I don't see it either. Look, and I like Evan. I mean, I, I just don't see him being able to provide much of a punch. And I'm, I'm unfortunately not a believer in Kemba's knees at this point. So I'm taking an under on that. Both of their moves, Evan Fournier move, the Kemba Walker move just seemed like name moves, moves yep. to make moves. Like the value in those things are fine. I didn't love the Fournier contract. Obviously getting Kemba for what you got him for is fine. Um, I don't think you were planning around that in any way. This all kind of, but like Julius Randle, I know he's awesome. I know Knicks fans love him. But when we look back on his career, like, what are the odds that he just had the best season of his career? Like, 98%, right? Like He's, he's no Chris Bosh, that's for sure. <laughs> um, RJ Barrett, if he takes a leap, that can make a huge difference, yes. right, in this in this team ceiling. That would, he's, he'll that get less shots, though, right? He'll get less shots with Fournier on the roster and Walker on the roster. That's just the whole way it works out. Yeah, and he, to me, is a swing factor. I'm going to go under on the Knicks as well, so I'm more, I'm right there with you. The Orlando Magic, 23 and a half wins. Let's under. speed around this thing. Under, under. Crush the under there. All right, crushing the under. Philadelphia, 51 and a half wins. It's another one of our 50 50 plus ones. They won 49 games last year, right? Mm -hmm. So you just add five games to that. They should be well above 51 and a half. But I think maybe some of the the stuff about the fact that they don't fit very well, this Ben Simmons mess, like, is he going to be on the team? If he's not, what did they get for him in a trade? Like a lot of question marks in the air. But I'm David, I like I like the over for them at 51 and a half. I just think Joel Embiid wow. is the real deal. Obviously, he can get hurt, but there's there's enough on that roster that I like. If you do trade Ben Simmons, you're gonna get something back for him that's probably a better fit, and that could give them like a late season spurt. Uh Joel Embiid's a bona fide MVP guy. I like Philly uh more than 51 and a half wins. I just don't see this team winning like 49 games. I just I think they're gonna win more than like 50, 51 games. And if it's if it's that close, I want to take the over. Yeah, that's fair. I, I was debating this. Even as you're talking about it, I'm thinking to myself, man, they're, they're, it seems like an under for me because I just think that the Simmons drama is going to hang over them to some degree. Uh, we were already hearing scuttle about them, you know, that maybe he won't report to camp and maybe he'll force their hand. And we don't, you never want that to drag on too long because that definitely impacts chemistry and your ability to form any kind of cohesion and things of that sort. But maybe it's all overblown. Uh, we'll see how it works out. I mean, the Andre Drummond addition is adding Andre Drummond. It's really not that big right. a deal. Uh, I, I'll go over too because I mean, for the shortcomings of this team aren't in the regular season and they're always in the postseason. So if anything, I, I say that they're probably going to win a, a lot of games during the regular season, not so much in the postseason. They've consistently done that, right? I think that's yep. a really good point. Like this is a regular season team. They didn't do anything to make us change what they think of what they are in the regular season. It's just if you make a Ben Simmons trade, that's a postseason move, right? right. Um, all right. Uh, last two teams. We've got the Toronto Raptors and then the Washington Wizards. So we've got the Raptors here at 36 and a half. They take Scotty Barnes in the draft. Uh, they bring back Fred Van Vliet. They lose Kyle Lowry. Pascal Siakam is still on this team for now. Toronto, 36 and a half wins after winning, what was it, uh, 27 last year. Did yeah. they do enough to improve that much? 
Well, I think a lot of it is uh, whether or not Goran Dragic reports, right? I mean, at this point, it seems like they they still are playing hardball, trying to figure out what to do with his contract. I, I don't know that he's going to be a Raptor at any point soon. Raptors fans don't want him. Goran doesn't want to be there. So it's a it's a big question. I think if he comes in, like the expectation is that he'll be a six man, which is fine, but he's a solid six man in that role. If he's healthy, he can certainly improve. But I think you're losing so much of the culture that Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan built there with Lowry's, uh, you know, going on to Miami now, I wonder who's going to be able to take over as the emotional leader of that team. And I think that really matters. I think, you know, we saw that with Kawhi Leonard, that when he went to that team, yes, he provided a lot of on-court production, but off the court, it was still about Lowry and everybody else in that roster. They were able to succeed the following year, even without Kawhi Leonard's talents there. Now you remove Lowry from the equation. It seems like a team that's going to be trying to find an identity. It's going to be the most challenging season of Nick Nurse's career, even despite what he had to go through last year, in my opinion. So I'm taking the under on this. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on this. I like the over, and you mentioned why. Nick Nurse. I just I think he gets so much out of his teams. Last year was the season from hell where they yep. had to play in Tampa, of all places. No um, and now they get to go back. I think as far as emotional leaders, I love that friend Van Vliet is still there. I think that he he kind of assumes that title. He's been sort of groomed for this. I think he's ready for it. I think Pascal Siakam can come out and be the anchor of your offense. You assume like uh, 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 improvements, not just from Siakam and and Van Vliet, but from Ananobi, from these other guys on that roster. Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. You're going to get improvement from him. I think that people really like Scotty Barnes's potential to give you something right mm-hmm. away there. And again, I just... I. I think there's a lot of options on this roster. Yeah, you don't really have like the high ceiling of a guy like Kawhi or even uh, Kyle Lowry anymore, but you have options. I like Nick Nurse's ability to get the most out of them. I think they're going to be refreshed and 36 and a half wins to me for a team that was in the finals in 2019. Yeah, they've lost a ton of pieces, all their most important pieces, but uh, I think there's still something there as far as a culture is concerned. And so I think I, I, I would bet on them going, I mean, 36 and a half is a lot. I don't know if they get to 500, but I think maybe they're somewhere in the middle there. Um, All right. Our last one is the Washington Wizards at 33 and a half. Your guess is as good as mine on this, David, because they traded Russell Westbrook and then just changed their team. They have a brand new team. It's Bradley Beal with a brand new team. I have no idea what to think of this team. I have no idea what we're we're supposed to expect from these young guys uh, like Danny Avdia and Rui Achimura and and, and Daniel Gafford and all these guys that played well, but... I don't, I don't trust them because they're young. I don't know. They won 34 games last year, made that huge run, but they made that huge run largely because Russell Westbrook pushed that run. They don't have Westbrook. They won 34 games with them. And now with all these changes, Vegas has them going uh, under their last season total in fewer games and they have it set at 33 and a half. What do you think? I'm going to take the over on this one. I think uh, it's, Look, Russell Westbrook is a pretty dynamic player, but he's also cost the Wizards a few games last year. He might have helped them win some. And I know a lot of Wizards fans love what what Russell can do, but I think this is a better team with the subtraction of Russell Westbrook. I think, look, they're going to get Thomas Bryant back. You know, Bertans has another year there to kind of light it up from the perimeter. You know, Avija, I think, has some potential as well. You bring in some other guy, Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm -hmm. It's just... I, I just, they like, they look like a better team to me. I, they're more well-rounded, more depth on that roster, proven guys like KCP and others, you know, guys that have won titles with the Lakers. I, I think it's a nice move for them. I think it's not as one-sided 
and and limited as they were last season. So I like the depth on this roster, and I I think the coaching coaching change will also improve them as well. So I'm taking the over on the Wizards. Um, I agree with everything you said. I like the and roster still. so much more now, and yet I just don't want to. <laughs> still, take it's them Washington. On the yeah, yeah. It's still the Washington Wizards. And here's the other thing too, David, that we haven't talked about. They could just trade Bradley Beal before the deadline and take a huge step back and win like no games after the trade deadline. And I kind of like the idea of betting on that at 33 and a half wins. Like, yeah, I understand that KCP, Spencer Dinwiddie, all these guys are better fits, but I don't know what Dinwiddie looks like coming off of this injury. Like, I guess KCP is nice, but how much, how many more wins is he giving you as a, as a player? Montrez Harrell is nice. I guess like there's guys like Aaron Holly is nice. Like, you add Corey Kispert, who's a good three-point shooter, Kyle Kuzma. Like, there's guys I like. I just don't know that anybody even comes close to what Westbrook was able to give this team as far as just a night-to-night consistent presence of, at least I know what I'm getting here, right? We know all the inefficiencies and all that stuff, but at least you knew what you were getting every single night from Westbrook. Uh, I have no idea what to expect from this roster. I don't know that Bradley Beal... Uh, as the abs- he's going to be seeing Steph Curry type of quadruple teams on this roster. Can he repeat that scoring like uh, title vying type of performance? I don't know. I don't even know if he's going to be on the roster by the time the regular season is over. I'm going the under on the Wizards, and I actually feel quite good about it. Oh, wow. I'm not a, not a Spencer Dinwiddie fan. Huh? I actually like Spencer Dinwiddie, but you know what? Um, he seems more into what he could do with Bitcoin than how he can improve the Washington Wizards. Um, that'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on NBA wherever you listen to podcasts for 30 minutes of the NBA's top stories every day. We'll be back here next Tuesday. In the meantime, you can find me over at Locked on Warriors. You can find David over at Locked on Heat. This was the Eastern Conference over-unders. Next week, we'll be back with the Western Conference over-unders. That's it for us today. Thanks for listening. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.